Welcome to Story Archaeology's Stories in the Landscape Conversations with Chris Thompson. Today I get to talk with artists Nicola Bowes and Rosemary Carty. Nicola and Rosemary are two of the members of Celtic Eye, a group of artists who have channeled their diverse approach to visual and written art into a number of high-profile and remarkable community projects. But that's enough for me. Um, Nicola, could you start? Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Uh, thank you, Chris. I'm a, a Galway artist, but originally from Roscommon. I've been f- a full-time artist, I suppose, for the past 10 years. I did do art over the years, but then I was a mother for quite a while, so that took up a lot of my time. It does. <laughs> yeah, and um, I've also been writing poetry for a long time, since 2004, actually. I lived in England for quite a few years and moved back to Ireland, back to County Galway in 2009. Rosemary, tell us about yourself. Good afternoon, Chris. Uh, Rosemary is my name, and I too am an artist. At school, this priest used to come into my school and he used to talk to us about art and paintings, and I developed a huge interest in art. And everywhere I go, from the time I was a young child, I was, if I saw an art gallery anywhere, I was popping in the door looking at everybody's stuff in all the towns around Ireland. So I've always loved art and visual art and paintings. Was there any artist in particular who you found inspiring when you were a young child Uh, or growing up? Yeah, well, that particular priest was uh, uh, collected an awful lot of uh, Paul Henry art, the Irish artist. And I just loved, you know, the the cottage and the, you know, the, the whole atmosphere of the Irish, the Ireland and the scenery that you saw in Ireland, I just loved it. So it was always landscapes that yeah. set you going yeah, and seeing yeah. those um, pictures the, in the landscape. Yeah. The pictures, plus, I suppose even as a small child, when I would see pictures, I would read and maybe make up a story in my own head as to what was going on. And I would just come up with the most fantastic things in my head that possibly the artist that painted the painting would never have thought about, but I would make some kind of a story out of it all, and I loved... Were you one of those children who always wanted to look down the road and imagine yeah. what was round the yeah. corner in the picture? That was me, always. Or through the, the gate, yeah. or, or behind or, that or behind, hill. I would always be, and that's why I found your garden so fascinating today, because I would be saying, oh my goodness. It was a bit like Alice in Wonderland for me, all of that imagery going around in my head. Do you know, I, it reminds me a bit of the second book, Alice Through the Licking Looking Glass. Alice Through the Licking yeah. Glass, you know, yeah. When she gets up and tries to look into yeah. the other yeah. room to it's see if the it's the rooms, same. Yeah. I don't know about you, I spent so long sitting on my mother's dressing table mm-hmm. trying to look round the edge of the picture oh, to yeah. see if to it see. was changed. Yeah. Yeah. You were one of, you were, I was that person, yeah. And I was quite sure at one time that if maybe one day when I looked, if I caught caught it out of the corner of my eye, it would change. I'd yeah. see a different room. You'd see a different room, yes. And uh, it would be a recurrent thing with me in my head of going, you know, up the stairs, because see if in the house that I'd see in a painting, I'd be going up the stairs and I'd be going into this room and there'd be a wardrobe full of 
clothes or whatever and I'd be trying to piece together the life that those people lived and the view that they saw when they went into that room and there was a wardrobe in another room and a chest of drawers and pull out the, the drawer and I might find jewellery or something and I'd be just fascinated <laughs> as to what was going on. It's about the stories you can discover, mm. the, the pictures tell you yeah, stories yeah. and unexpected images. Yeah. So even, so Nicola, but how did you get into art? Um, well, I loved art like Rosemary as a child, but I wasn't introduced to art like Rosemary was because um, in, in my primary school and secondary school, we didn't have an art teacher. So I just loved art myself. I used to enter a couple of the competitions and the community games competitions for art. And it was really just myself at home. I was always doodling at home. I always had a paintbrush. I used to always love it. But I lived out in the country as well and very like what Rosemary was saying there yes you'd be always making up your own stories you always felt that you were in a fairy tale so when I moved then to England I was lucky enough to join an art group and I took on some lessons just to develop some skills with with different mediums but then I had my children and I it lapsed for a while when I moved back to Ireland again I, my husband seen an advert for for a group that um, wasn't too far away from me. So I joined it and I haven't looked back. Yes. I think the Irish landscape inspires yeah. oh, art. And I think it's partly because of its changeability. Yeah. Nothing ever looks the same, same. twice. You yeah. can look out the same window and see a totally different scene a hundred times a day. And yeah. no hill ever looks the same no, twice, does no. it? The clouds, no. everything. And actually, we're just back from a trip because with the Celtic Eye Art Group, we do travel a lot around mm. the country. So we've just done Sligo, Donegal and Leitrim. And it's just... Everywhere you see overseas is to amaze you in Ireland. It's very inspiring. Nicola, was there one particular artist who kind of inspired you or got you going? Uh, well, not at the time, as in I always loved art, but there was one particular artist that I, I've always loved and one particular painting, which is the girl with the pearl earring. And I've always loved Vermeer's art. And actually, I've been very lucky to go and see it in Amsterdam in The Hague yeah so a beautiful you've seen it as well haven't you Rosemary yeah beautiful painting what was it appealed to you about Vermeer I'm just interested I suppose going back to that era how romantic he was in his paintings you kind of think back in that era you mightn't have been but he definitely showed that through his work it's the precision I think every tiny detail I know I just was interesting because I think Vermeer when you see the real thing. Oh, it's, mm. it's no oh. reproduction ever covers no. it, does no, it? No, no, no. no, no absolutely. It's a, a it's a small painting, mm. isn't it? Um, the girl with the pearl earring, but it's an amazing painting. Yeah, you'd have to sit there yeah. for quite a while mm-hmm. to take it all in. Now, I really want to hear all about the Celtic Eye Group. So, Nicola, how did that begin? Well, the Celtic Eye Group was formed over two years ago now, but actually, how it began was back in. Early December, I think, early to mid-December 2020, I had a phone call from Liam Kilday, who would be from the South Roscom, and the car- where the Karst landscape is. Would I be able to do a painting by a story that he was telling me of this landscape? Now, I actually knew this landscape myself because Liam is actually my cousin. And my grandparents are from this area, which would have been known to us back then as the rocks. It's just limestone rocks. Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot about this landscape, but do go on. 
basically it was he wanted me to do a painting to try and visualize the area i didn't have a photograph on you from memory and to highlight the Lacarse landscape and to protect this unique um, landscape. So I did a painting of um, a rock that was surrounded by um, black hawthorn trees and also included Queen Maeve and Cucullin just to add a little twist to the story to bring out the folklore part of this painting. It was um, published on a couple of newspapers and got some interest, So, uh, which was great for Liam and the Cars Farming Group because they were already set, set up. So Liam then asked me would I do some more, but I was also doing other work and I just thought I'm not going to manage all this myself. I'd love to bring in other artists because I do like to work as a community and with other people. So I decided to set up the Celtic Eye Art Group and I kind of knew after thinking for a couple of weeks who I would ask to come on board. And I have some fantastic artists on board, <laughs> but our our family has kind of grown over the last two and a half years, especially on on Facebook. And uh, we've done quite a few interviews mm-hmm. on radio and been published on the paper, which is great for the Karis landscape because we are highlighting a very unique project in protecting this unique. I realised that on the very first Story Archaeology Stories in the Landscape conversation that I had with Daniel Curley at uh, Rathcrossan, mm-hmm. he mentioned that project. And at the time, I hadn't heard of you, but I had heard of the project. He said, oh, there's a project working with Roscommon Farmers on a landscape project mm-hmm. with artists. And I thought, I really must look into that. And it turns out it's all come full circle. And now we're talking together. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it, I do re- actually remember the beginning of the project. And, of course, so it was that project that led to the, all the work we're going to talk about. Well, yeah, because Liam also worked with other people um, connected with Farmai. And um, they were just wanted to get this off the ground, to get it highlighted more. Because sometimes to look at something visually, it might get the interest more. And it actually worked that way, really, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've seen that over the last two and a half years. So That's when Celtic Eye effectively was born. Yeah, so we had to come up with a name. So actually, I was driving in the car one day and it just came to me then, the Celtic Eye Art Group. It's yeah. And Rosemary, did you get involved right at the beginning as well? Yes, uh, Nicola was attending meetings and she was telling us about the meetings to do with the Karst Farming Group. So then one morning she contacted a few of us and she said, I was just thinking of setting up. She had done her painting of the, uh, she, uh, she calls it the rocks. The rocks. And beautiful painting. And she said, I was thinking of setting up a group of like-minded artists. And so she said, I was wondering... I was going to ask you, would you like to join? And she also rang five other artists, I think. We went from there on the Celtic Eye Art Group. That's brilliant. I hadn't realised that it was that the Celtic Eye Group grew out of this first brilliant project. Yeah. But we really should talk about this a bit more in detail. Nicola, you refer to it as the rocks. Could you describe exactly what this landscape is? Okay, I'll try my best. But yes, I would refer to it as the rocks. I would have grown up listening to my mother refer to it and my grandparents and so would Liam. But this karst landscape is absolutely amazing. It's made up of limestone rock, very similar to what you would see in the burren, but obviously not as vast as the burren. It's a landscape that a lot of people didn't really know about and there's not much of it left. There's a lot of woodlands, uh, hazelnut woodlands, there's hawthorn trees. So it's an ancient landscape, It's a very medieval, dating back to, yeah, the beginning of time, but there's there's a lot of aspects there that date back to medieval times. There's great heritage, there's great stories. 
I suppose the most important part of it would be Cuxy Finn. So you can go and climb to the very top of Cuxy Finn. Some people would call it Cruxy Finn. It's been called different names over the years, but I would we would know it as Cuxy Finn. And you can actually stand at the very top of that hill and you can see seven counties. This cast landscape then, it's South Ross Common we're talking about. It's like a, a triangle of Toc McConnell, Dysart and Brideswell. A biodiversity triangle we call it, but it's like a hidden gem mm. and the biodiversity up there is unreal, it's just untouched. It is a special place it around, actually. Special, yeah. But could you talk a bit more about what's so significant about the cast landscapes in South Ross Common? Uh, well, it, it is very significant. There are these dolines. Nicola, help me here. Yes, so the karst landscape is made up of a lot of caves, which are called dolines. And actually, this landscape in Topnacanal, Dysart and Brideswell are the main source of the water for South Ross Common. No wonder there's so much biodiversity. Yeah, it's brilliant. The farmers have to be commended in this area because they have really protected this landscape. We well, were talking about farmers and uh, the artists. So which groups were actually involved in this project? You've got Celtic Eye yourselves, you've got the local farmers. So yeah, so we've Celtic Eye and we have the Karis Farming Group. I know you've been working on this project for an awful long time, but can you just tell us a little bit about how it went? So, as you said, we've been working on it a long time and is it is an on-cone project. But I suppose when we got set up, we had about six weeks to pull Heritage Week together. That was our first way of trying to highlight this area. So we went for Heritage Week in 2021, uh, which was a fantastic week. And that included quite a lot of speakers. We had mm. Brendan Dunford from The Burn came to speak. We had herbal walks. We had artists from all over the country mm. who came on board with us and sent art to to be exhibited in our um, art exhibition, which was held in Top McConnell Hall. I think on that day we had up to nearly 400 visitors through COVID. And um, which which it's amazing for the time, yeah, and we complied completely. Thank God to all the um, COVID regulations at the time. We've been very lucky with radio stations, with newspapers. Uh, a lot of people came on board to help us highlight this mm. this project, and it is still ongoing. So that was one of the projects. Actually, you mentioned Danny Curley there from Rakran, and he actually came in to speak on the day as well. So it was a full week, and um, that we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, was made up with lots of different events and we also ha- were very lucky to have St Hilda's from Athlone and the Irish Wheel- Wheelchair Society who also came on board and are still on board working with us mm. at, uh, at every event that that we do. So that was one. So we, we've we actually had a lot, haven't we? Mm. Had a lot of- it, this is a massive project. As I say, you know, we can only touch on it now. It, it, was, it was a massive project. And it is and a it project. Is project. A and the number of different community groups involved in this project project seems to be ever growing it was it is ever growing yes it was a, it was absolutely a wonderful week and i've seen pictures of that magnificent sign you produced yeah. as well yes. Yes. could you tell us a little bit about how you came to do that and um, we had to do a lot of paintings very quickly to pull an exhibition together on the heritage 
the landscape, the folklore of South Roscommon and any monuments that will be significant to the area, plus water. And alongside all the other artists that came together as well that, to produce paintings on biodiversity and heritage and so on. So after a year of doing that, we decided to give something back to Tottenham and back to the triangle, the biodiversity triangle, but it's held in top of the corner. So we wanted to continue to highlight this landscape and the importance of it, so we've done it through a sign. So we spent a couple of months getting our paintings ready, working with a graphic designer in Athlone, and also we wanted to put some some information on the sign relevant to the Dolines and the water source of South Roscommon. So we spent about six months doing that mm-hmm. and it's a six by four foot aluminium sign which is in top of the corner but at the minute it is actually in the local church, church. and it has been there for the last couple of months now and we were very lucky to have the mayor of Roscommon to come up and unveil the sign for us a few months ago. It's a beautiful sign and I love the way that it represents this holistic approach to an area. Yes, and I think what that sign does is really establish that the stories and the landscape are connected to each other. So all the artwork, the pictures, the events, well, they're not separate from the landscape in which they take place. And there you have a perfect example of stories in the landscape. It's a brilliant project and oh there's so much more of that project we could talk about Mm -hmm. but I think one step at a time. Yes. It's a big big important project. So tell me something about the Strive for Life exhibition. I was interested in the pictures that you sent. So this Strive for Life exhibition I think was our third exhibition from the Celtic Eye Art Group and it was after a year working on a project called Strive for Life and it was encouraging people from all around the world to come on board with us in planting trees or even maintaining and supporting the plants they already have in their back gardens and it was to encourage biodiversity. We got great feedback so anyone that did plant or wanted to show their garden or show how they're maintaining their gardens to promote biodiversity would send us in a photo. So after a year we collected all the photos and the photos went into a collage. Guy Anne Hill worked on that collage as well. It was a year's work, but it started with the first tree that was planted, and it was a Brian Baru tree, actually, that was given to us by Jeremy uh, Turklinton down in Sea Savers. All right. Yeah, so Jeremy gave us that to start our project with, and it was actually planted in South Roscommon on the Topnacanal Karst landscape by the Minister of Biodiversity, which is Pippa Hackett. Really something. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was great. Lovely idea, getting people to send in pictures of their mm. own oh. gardens. And so it's connecting up a, on a, almost a, on a domestic front, your own personal garden, and bringing in them as the, everybody's garden yeah. is part of this biodiversity canvas that we all share. Yeah. And the, being aware of what other people do. Like, yeah. I love showing off my garden. Mm. Everybody loves showing off their gardens. And that's a way to bring everybody together, mm. which... Would you like to tell us any more about it, Rosemary? Yeah, it was it was very, very, very interesting and very uplifting, I suppose, you know, because I remember that when I planted my own tree, you were there, we got the photograph taken. And, you know, I often go out and look at it and think, that tree is going to be there and it has it carries so much. 
I keep thinking of when I'm no longer here, that tree will be of Talk McConnell, of the project of us as an art group. What I love about that project is the fact that it's something that everybody is sent away to do on their own. Mm. And you're bringing it together as a community gallery of everybody's gardens. Yeah, It's a brilliant idea. Yeah, Yeah, and it it wasn't with everyone that had a garden because some people don't have gardens. Some people might live in a flat and they might only have a balcony. So we encourage them as well. Well, even if they had plant pots outside just to plant, to plant some, some mm. flowers. It was just everyone coming together as a community around the world and we were actually bored over by the amount by of the photographs we got from people mm. all over the world that is now in this beautiful art piece done by, by Anne. By Anne Hill. Oh that's that's I think that's one of the simplest and yet most ineffective projects yeah, I've come across. Something. It's absolutely mm. brilliant. It was, yeah. It was really, it was very uplifting. I, I was very proud of it. So the the actual exhibition itself was held in the beautiful church gallery in Banislaw, in the library last September. Last September. And we, it was a very successful day. It went on for a couple of weeks, the actual exhibition, but the, on the day of the opening was a brilliant day. Brilliant, yeah. You also, I believe, have a Celtic Eye Gallery. We do. And it's called Quilthig Gallery which I suppose translated from the Irish or the Gaelic, it's Forest House. The actual gallery itself was an old house that Nicola and her husband did up and made it into a fantastic, wonderful art space. It was a credit to them. And uh, it's, it's an art space and it's also an art gallery. And it is really, truly inspirational. That And we had the, the exhibition in upstairs and every one of us hung our paintings and everybody we had a lot of it we had a lot of, of callers that day having your own gallery on top of some very important and effective community projects mm-hmm. it makes you highly established as an arts group doesn't it well i suppose it does somebody looking in they might say that but actually the gallery came as a pure accident uh, it i had been working on it for the past couple of years as my own space my own gallery it was an old house a georgian house that i renovated and it was to really to store a lot of my own art but to start off the first part of the strive for life um exhibition we held two exhibitions for that strive for life project and We had booked a space, but because of COVID, we couldn't use a particular space. But we had everyone organised over the months to to go ahead with this exhibition. And we just did not want to give up on the exhibition. So I decided to open this gallery. I I think we all know that it was a very, very tough time. But I think now, although we've still got problems to face, it's interesting how many very positive and new... um, Things happened during that time. Yeah. New ways of working. Yeah. It opened us to new ways it of working. To, uh, new ways of oh, yeah, I know what you meant. Yeah, Chris, and you're totally right because I remember several phone calls I had with people when this project started that were sitting at home and weren't really doing anything. They weren't creating, they weren't, they weren't painting, mm. they had kind of stopped. And they were delighted to come on board with the Celtic Eye to work alongside the Cars Farming Group to get ready for these exhibitions to highlight biodiversity. Mm. It was a great way of bringing people back into the community mm. again from at home, doing their work at home, which was and online as well. It really has changed us. And, and for many, we've been able to find positive 
and exciting ways of working. Mm. And I suppose it brought a lot of people back to nature. Mm. Mm. I, I think it has. Gardens it is, have yeah. become very yeah. important mm. to people. Walks, your woodland walks mm. out in the forest. Anyone that's lucky to be near these type of places it just, mm. or back in your own back garden. It just brought people back to earth, I think. Yeah, for those yeah. of us who are lucky enough to be able to live in landscapes mm. where we could walk, I think we were the lucky ones. Now, we really should talk about Irie. Of course, you and I have both been working alongside a wonderful statistical physicist and mythographer, Professor Ralph Kenner. And just to remind listeners, early last year, Ralph launched an international arts competition uh, in any medium to promote and celebrate the important position of women and girls in Irish mythological stories. And yes, Ralph has provided evidence through network physics that this perception is accurate. There's also some good cash prizes too. But look, we're all members of IRIA. We've all been working with this wonderful competition and we've been looking at the interesting characters in women in mm. Irish mythology. And I know that you are interested in painting some of these figures. Have you got any favourite female character from Irish mythology yourself? I do love Cleena. Mm-hmm. Connected to Cork. Oh, the wave. Cleaner of the wave. wave. Yeah, very, very well known. Actually, I love them all. I love the stories behind them all. Mm. And we've noticed, actually, in Celtic Eye, since a lot of us paint them, that when we post them, that most people Mm. are attracted to the stories. Mm. You mentioned Fond. Now, she's interesting, I think. She is, yeah. Um, What attracted you to her? I just loved reading the stories about her and... Even the way that I painted her and, you know, her connection with nature and she was seen as the beaut- the most beautiful fairy oh, queen. she's one of the Befin figures, one mm. of the women who are between the worlds. Yes. And that, that's why she's associated with the white birds, isn't it? That's right. And also she's seen as the fairy, the fairy queen of Ireland. Yeah, I, I know what you mean by the fairy queen of Ireland because in a lot of the old... St- very earliest stories, she's always almost like the symbol Mm. of the one who stands between the worlds, the ideal. That's why I think she's so associated with nature. But, of course, with those white birds, they can bring judgment as well. I no no that she's the interested. Pearl of beauty. She's seen mm. as the most beautiful. That's right. Of all mm. And the there's your girl with the pearl earring again, isn't mm-hmm. it? Well, yes, actually, yeah, you just tied it in <laughs> there. Yeah, the girl with the pearl earring. So yeah, maybe we could like, call her Bayfind yeah. or the girl with the pearl earring. Yeah. 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 She. They would definitely be uh, two of my favourites, but I actually love them all. You know, I love Queen Maid mm. as well. Uh, Born. Uh, yeah. Have you any favourites, Rosemary? I suppose my favourite two would be Danu. Mm-hmm. And Erin, Eru, mm. and also Anya. They're, they're among the ancestresses yeah. of Ireland. They're, they are characters who go back. Isolde used to tell me that the characters whose names ended with the U, U sound yes. are the, among the... Yeah. They are definitely ancestor figures. Yeah. And they really do go back to the oh, creation. Oh, they go back so far. And there's one story I read about Eru. And the, the, these guys, they came from another country and they came over to Ireland and they met her and they said, and there was another two other goddesses there. And the story goes, Chris, that they approached these three ladies and they said they wanted to call the land after one of them. Mm-hmm. And the two, two of them came up with a name and she came up with the name, which would be Erin. Um, but she said... Listen, if you don't do what I say, 
I could cause you a lot of trouble. <laughs> and they said, OK. And because she was more fierce than the other two and had threatened them that she'd hurt them, they decided to agree to call them. <laughs> Otherwise, we might be in the country of Bamba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which would be quite yeah. fun. No, it's a lovely story. And it's certainly one of the, you know, yeah, it is. I think you, you've you gone straight for the old ones. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and I also, uh, Dano, I would like, Dano, uh, and that is again one of the older ones. Mm-hmm. But um, I suppose I go back to my school years when she was, you know, when we read about the two-headed Annan and then the fair bullock and all, all those people. And, you know, they defeated, the fair bullock the defeated. Fo- yeah, and the, the Fovera, yeah. Yeah, and the, the, what did you call them? Oh, the Fovera, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, Anya would be another one that I liked, mm. but... Um, you're definitely going for the old ancestresses, you Am know. I? I think, yeah, oh yeah. 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 But they—they're all good, aren't yeah. they? It's difficult yeah. to pick any. They're powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 yeah, they're and they're, powerful. you know, it was—it was wonderful to see women having that much power in ancient Ireland. You know. Mm. And even under old Irish law, your poets could be male mm. or female, mm. your physicians male or female. Mm. I'm not saying that every woman was treated Perfect. equally. Yeah. Status mattered more than we mm. would like, mm. yes. but there definitely was a different attitude to women. There are strong figures. Mm. I think it's great. I know that you, Nicola, just completed assessing our share of the large number of entries to Irie. Now, I think the beauty of Ralph's system is that the entries are randomly distributed to quite a large panel yeah. who are carefully selected to represent cross disciplines. And then the assessments are put through Ralph's calibrate with confidence yes. algorithm. It's interesting. Now, I know for now we have to be careful not to discuss individual entries, but. Um, Tell me, how did it go for you? <laughs> it it was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Um, I told Ralph this. There was so so much diversity in the the entries. Mm. You know, they obviously we can talk about individual ones, but there was definitely three that I was very excited about when I seen them, and when I actually seen the paintings. There was photographs as well, so I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, there was one particular one that I can remember, and at my first glance, I wasn't sure what this was about. But when I read down through the synopsis from the mm. artist, it was very exciting to see how this artist portrayed this particular goddess. Yeah, we had I had two or three, which I thought yeah. were absolutely magnificent, totally unexpected. Yeah. Uh, not the ones I thought I was going to. Yeah. look at but suddenly when you read or you see into the picture and you realise that this particular artist has absolutely got what Ralph was after yeah. a symbol that could um, represent the strong women of Ireland yes. and there were one or two so I'm, we're all we can't wait to see which ones come out mm. all the work was fantastic it's so very it, very yeah, good it, yeah I have to commend all artists they were, they were fantastic and taking the time to do this there was a great feedback from it. I remember when we were advertising it with Celtic Guy, there was a lot of interest, which is brilliant. There has been a very good response. And uh, I've had one teacher um, regularly saying, is, are they nearly judged yet? Mm. And unfortunately, I was hoping by the time we held this conversation, we would be celebrating the winners. But I've been told it should be sometime this week. Very soon. Very yes. soon. Mm. So... The delay is unavoidable, but that's two of us who can now say the entrance was really good, weren't they? They were fantastic. The, the diversity was brilliant. Yeah, very high standard. 
So Chris, Celtic I are delighted to be partners alongside the other partners of IRA and when this competition is over and the results come out we're really looking forward to where this takes us next with IRA in the future and Hopefully also, I don't know if I got to tell you this, Chris, but in August, the Celtic Eye are continuing in our own way with an exhibition called Land of Legends. Oh, fantastic. And mm. we're hoping that um, Ralph, if, if he's available, mm. that he'll be able to come mm. to the to that exhibition in in. I'm in, in sure it, that will be, I, I, I suspect yeah. he'll be delighted if I can mm. speak for him. But... Yeah, I was interested because when he chose the word Ira as the title of the competition, evoking Ireland's resilient female icons, which um, he came up with this sort of acronym, but it just, it worked. Because over the year, the concept has kind of developed and grown and spread its wings and kind of taken off. Um, I think that in a way the old the, the old meaning in old Irish or in early Irish that those words comes from two words which meant to stand up or to rise up or get up and it struck me that this is perfect if we're looking at the importance of women in mythologies the stories in the landscape carrying messages about their role and also maintaining yeah. the health of the land and that even comes to climate change because a lot of the old Irish stories tell over and over again if you don't take yeah. care of your land it will become a wasteland and often it's the abuse of women and birth and, mm. and all of these things which causes this loss in prosperity mm. so the meaning of Irie is stand up rise up it's about time that our wonderful Irish stories stand up and be counted among the most important stories in the world yes so yeah. And what I love about what you're doing with Celtic Eye is you're already doing this, creating brilliant community projects Mm -hmm. that protect the stories in the landscape or the stories of the landscape. And Celtic Eye, we're big believers that the land is our canvas and its beauty is our palette. I think you're absolutely right. Thank you very, very much for sharing this conversation with me. And I know we're going to be working together a lot more. Thanks you. Thank you, thank Chris. you, Chris, and it's great to meet you. And thanks for having us here today in your beautiful surroundings. It's absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much, Chris, and it was wonderful meeting you. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. And I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this Stories in the Landscape conversation. Remember, on www.storyarchaeology.com, you will be able to access the whole archive of Story Archaeology podcasts. You can also explore a wide selection of my audio and video stories for children, as well as a range of project and support materials for schools. Also, discover information on a number of international arts events and competitions with which Story Archaeology is closely linked. There will be another Stories in the Landscape conversation along soon.